I'm Will Hedrick. And I'm Jordan Schaffer. And this is Dog Ears and Timestamps, a book club podcast. Oh yeah, dude, this week has been just like so more of the same for this book. It's just all been, for me, it felt yeah. like it's just been more of the same. Yeah, just more of me knowing it's not George doing it and everybody saying he's doing it. <laughs> this is basically yeah you know, i feel like this is the the old version of can, like the serial podcast did you ever listen to that one no i didn't with sarah koenig it's pretty good mm. i like heard the podcast. all good stuff about yeah. it it was like the one that got uh, i think podcasts like more mainstream mm-hmm. but yeah dude i've been running out of slogans like little little jingles for book the book thing yeah yeah so i don't i don't even remember how did I do them? How did I used to do them? I don't know how you used to do them. You just did them. I would just not say something, and then you would say something. Well, <laughs> we're evolving. We're evolving. Uh, dude, how was your week, man? When did you, you read? Uh, last night. All last night. Dude. I didn't have time to do anything, period, for the past like four or five days, so I was... There's uh I got I finished doing all my chores and got in bed at about like one and then I started reading and I fell asleep like at five. So you did that all last night? Yeah. And you work today? Yeah. Kinda evening shift. Yeah, dude, there's a late night episode, late night with the boys. Yeah. We did this before. I think we recorded one late night of Neverwhere, but I think we did a Salem's lot. I think we always end up with one late night one. Yeah, it, it turns out that way with my stupid fucking work schedule. I hate it when they have me close all the fucking time. But whatever, that's just how my stupid shit job works. Gotta keep the people happy, yeah. You, so, were you working all weekend? Yeah. yeah. Well, no, I was off Sunday. I'm sorry. But Sunday was football. Yeah. So, nice. I didn't really have any time to do anything else at that point. And then I had, after football, I had to start doing different chores that I hadn't gotten around to doing. I had to go to the store and, you know, just a bunch of other, like, adult things. Dude, it's a big football weekend, right? Like, we'll play it with the... Uh, this was like the, the divisional playoffs. round. Of the NFL playoffs. Bang. I don't even, I barely know what that means. Divisional round. First round. The, no, it's the, the second round. Oh, okay. The first round is the wild card weekend. Oh, okay. And then you've got the divisional round, which is this weekend. Uh-huh. Next weekend is the uh, conference championships. Uh-huh. And then after that, we have like the Pro Bowl and, you know, you know the, the, the garbage, like all-star game-ish okay. kind of stuff. That's exactly what it is, not ish. And then the week after that is the Super Bowl. So. And then it's done. Yep, and then it's done until next year. So whoever wins all that yep. all that jazz gets to do the big the big bowl, the Super Bowl. Uh, the, yeah, the the two teams that come out of the conference championships. Wow. I didn't realize football was such a long sport. Like it lasted forever. Like it basically was twenty one weeks. For like yeah. The, yeah, the whole half the year. I thought it was like three months out of the year. Like the cold months. Well, the, regular, <laughs> the regular season's 17 weeks, and then you've got four weeks of playoff stuff. I guess I was always in like school too, so I would think like, you know, we only play in the first semester. Yeah. You know I mean, so I'd only mm-hmm. think it lasts a couple of months. But school is... Football season is considerably shorter. Even college football mm-hmm. season is considerably shorter than the NFL. Okay. College championship was last week, mm-hmm. and you know, so that was if it's playoffs regular is regular season playoffs, and then uh, you know, championship game ended a week or ended three weeks before the NFL. Well, mm-hmm. 
It starts later too, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so do you have the, which Kindle do you have? This is a Kindle Paperwhite. I think it's a first generation. Can you take notes on that? I can, uh, but I the think it would be slow. a huge pain in the ass, so I don't even worry about yeah, it. Yeah, the keyboard's kind of slow on it. Um, okay. Yeah, no, I haven't I haven't really used mine very much uh, yet. I don't know mm. why. I don't, I don't know if it's the book, if it's uh, just that I always listen to my stuff or what it is, but I, I really haven't been reading. I've, and every time I say it, like every week I say like, oh, I'll probably read this book this time, you know, just so that I can... No, I'm the I, I'm the listen guy. <laughs> <laughs> I always end up listening to it, and I listen to it like once or twice the mm-hmm. day of or the day before. And this one, I've been enjoying doing it right before, um, right before the show, basically. So it's like fresh, right? You know, right then that day. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what happened this week. You know, it, just a normal week. I bought a bow though. I don't know if I said this last week. Kind of been target practicing, and then just like <laughs> I feel like Steph keeps breaking on it. It was a used bow on eBay. But uh, stuff just keeps breaking, of course, since uh, I keep having to go get it fixed. It's all good now, dude. It's been fun. Yeah, yeah it's cool. <laughs> that thing's really cool. Yeah, just uh, it's been it's been a little annoying. The dog's been whining all the time when I go shoot in the back, so I gotta figure that out. But no, it's been it's been a fun week. And then just uh, honestly listening to the book and then uh, offsetting it with like since this book is kind of serious, I don't know if it's see like Salem's Lot was serious, but it was like in a fantastic. It was like a fantasy world still, so like it, it was really super engaging. Maybe it's because this is our world that it, I don't know. It, this this book to me hasn't hasn't like drawn me in as fast as uh, the other the others. I guess maybe. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that up until well, not up until, but at some point, this is supposed to be a mystery. Okay, like, that's probably why <laughs> I'm still waiting on the mystery. I think that. I, don't, I certainly don't know what the mystery is yet. I have a couple of ideas what the, the mystery is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. But up until then, it's all procedural. So maybe once we know what the mystery is and that part of the story begins, yeah, maybe, maybe it'll, it'll become more exciting at that yeah, it'll point. It'll pick up and I'll feel super engaged. Because the is whole, because cool. like we've already been through the, the first chapter was all about getting to know the people. Mm-hmm. Not just uh, like the the author evidently believed that it was important to know them as people, not just characters. Yeah. And then the beginnings of the second chapter were just kind of like, now let's get up to speed. They're adults. This is what they're doing with their adult life, you know, as a quick thing. And then this episode that we're doing is all George's procedural stuff, okay. which is just, I mean, that's what like court is is that it's just very procedural and orderly in that fashion so there's nothing exciting about that people don't like start like sensationalizing things like in the courtroom or like no one gets shot in the courtroom like in movies and stuff like that you know so there's not anything terribly exciting going to happen during this section should have been the only kind of exciting thing that could happen is just the internal dialogue that happens and yeah just trying to empathize with him but he's a relatively unempathizable person because he already thinks so differently from the majority of people, certainly mm-hmm. us. I don't know. I mean, I, I definitely do agree with what you're saying that it's just kind of like... It just sort of feels like a fun a little uh, dry, bi- biography, a little you know, of these mm-hmm. two guys and how their lives intertwined, you know, and, and it's like, did you know that Arthur Conan Doyle knew George, insert last name, I forget his last name every time? Adelgy. Adelgy, thank you. Adelgy? <laughs> no, but... uh. Yeah, I don't. It sort it, of feels maybe like right it now, doesn't yes. turn into a mystery. Maybe 
everything that I read about it was a lie. Because all I ever read was that it it was just uh, when I was, when we were trying to look up like Mm -hmm. mystery books to read, this one was consistently like in the top five or 10 of different listening. This is a book that mystery lovers have to read. And it is cool that it is real people. So that's fun. It's also kind of neat that we're, I, I just, you know, you're right. It is a mystery. And at some point I want the guy that writes mystery novels to solve the freaking mystery. You know, <laughs> I just want him to do some, <laughs> right. some Sherlock Holmes stuff. That's what really, we brought in at some point. For. I also don't know. And the, the next section that we're going to read starts with Arthur. So maybe we'll, I mean, that'll probably get, you know, revealed almost immediately, but the time flow is a little bit different because this section takes the place over Oh, seven you know, years, close yeah. to four years, just over three years. Mm-hmm. And uh, so then whenever we jump back to Arthur, are we staying at that same point in time? Or does Arthur have something to do with what happens at the end of this section? Mm, gotcha. Um, I guess we'll, I'm, we'll just start talking about everything. There's not, because all that happens in this section is the court proceedings yeah, it's all George. There's no reason to. There's no reason not. to go in order of anything. We can just talk about what happens. What happens is that George goes before. First, he goes before like the magistrates at mm-hmm. Cannock, which is like the local jurisdiction or whatever. And then they ultimately decide now nah, you're going to go to a higher court. So then they go to another court um, in Stafford, and there is where the full-on trial goes. And we see the day-to-day proceedings of that. Everybody's being called to witness and being mm-hmm. examined and such and such. And then at the end of the fourth day, George gets convicted. Yeah, uh, for unlawfully and maliciously mauling a horse. Mm-hmm. Uh, specifically at his neighbor's farm. No, specifically at a certain farm. At what the, was the farm? Well, not at the farm. He gets, he gets, uh, prosec- he gets convicted for the slaughtering of the horse in the colliery which is the coal mine effectively oh okay that, there's another that. horse that gets slaughtered during his um yeah, incarceration that. at uh mr green's farm which is right next door to the vic- uh, the, vicarage. the vicarage yeah but they the at least the prosecution says uh, as part of their you know case they say mm-hmm. well that'll just be something that uh, you know the, the gang did to try yeah. and you know make it look like oh it couldn't have been him if he's in jail and this happened blah blah, blah yeah um, they did for like an alibi because they totally go for the gang approach saying yeah. that there's a gang and not it's not just george there's a gang involved yeah to some like, degree. this guy is a criminal and he's leading criminals and he's like insistent on not taking bail who would want to stay in jail you know <laughs> it's right. like dude, it's just as we were or as i was listening to it it was just it was almost frustrating because we're from the i guess the underdog's perspective so hearing the court proceedings from our side and just all the this stuff that sounded like wins and then just seeing how like it just didn't come off as a win it's like it's just frustrating i guess because because for us we the high points are all the wins when it's like okay cool like that kind of is almost like an alibi that like proves that george is is free because there was one point in the conviction where like a doctor was saying that the horse was killed six hours ago so it couldn't have happened before two o'clock and that was when they said like he was out you know in between like midnight and two they said that he had like that was when he was out and he was like well there we go like i couldn't have done it because 
you know, it was within six hours of when, you know what, you know, and I wasn't, I wasn't out then. Well, I, don't think, I, think I, don't, had like, I don't remember the exact deals, but I don't think that was the point of contention. I think that they were just trying to pin it as being, uh, you know, during the time that he was saying that he wasn't out and just him saying, well, I wasn't out is not evidence. I think he was somewhere else. It's just, I think he, no, was, he was like at home. He was asleep. Yeah. But yeah. the only one that can corroborate that is his dad. Which they very quickly and easily pull apart as just being like, well, he look at him. He looks I, like I guess an old that's idiot. True. I just sort of took it to be like, no, his dad's his dad's a, a truth teller. <laughs> Even though literally he yeah. thought like it sucks to have to pull out, whip out this old lie. <laughs> he's like a he's like a uh, an old an old school liar, like an old. Uh, he's been lying about his son for years, you know. So lying about his son. Yeah, he said he had to pull out some lie about him because his son is weird. Like, remember when he was getting, like, the, uh, it was whenever, um, the, the sheriff came over or whatever to, like, investigate, and he, and, and he, like, first started investigating and asking him about, like, his son and how, uh, he had to, like, I don't know, he's, uh, he said something about how he, he's, like, it feels weird having to pull out this old lie again. I don't know, just because his son is weird and they have to, like, explain it off, because there's, like... He is the weird guy in town, and I think, like, his family... Like, because he's got, like, a mental condition, mm-hmm. we decided last week, I think. I don't know, there was some point in the reading that his dad says, like... Because when I was re-listening today, like, I, I wasn't able to start exactly where we left off, so I had I re-listened to, like, um, the chapter over again, where, like, he was at their house just, like, investigating through the clothes and going through stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, it's just, like they were all very wary and very, uh, very careful with their, their answering of the, the questions. And even when they were getting, um, put on the stand in the, in the courtroom, everyone was super like careful of their answers. But just because I think George is kind of, I don't know, I think there's, there's gotta be something going on more than what we're led to believe. Cause like the, like, dude, there has to be something that like I must be fundamentally missing. Like it must have been something to do with like his mental condition and like the evidence, maybe the lawyer was just that good. Cause just like just the the way it was given to us, it's like, how could they possibly convict him? Well, so this is what the conviction hinges on. Mm -hmm. The conviction hinges on the fact that George is extremely intelligent and evidently so. Enough that he was able to be extremely well-spoken when being examined by the prosecution. And it was just evident how smart he was. Okay. He's a solicitor. Uh, he got top honors in his class at school. Okay. And then they get his parents on, and they just look like old idiots that don't know anything. They don't know how to... They're just flustered immediately once they get on the stand. His father gets made out to look like a total idiot. Um, just like I mean, an talking old, about the lock and yeah, stuff. just being old. Like, well, how do you know that it would wake you up if it's never happened? If, if you've it, never woken yeah, up in nineteen, yeah, exactly. That was a double-edged uh, so, question too. That like he had a an answer for either side of that. You know, yeah. But either way, he which is all very that. designed. Mm-hmm. But so that was smart. As he just asked, looked like, like an old, good. unconfident, easily fooled man. And yeah. then his mom gets up there and she's just like, oh, he's the best, blah, 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 blah. Like, well, she would have, you know, even if she did see something wrong, she would just ignore it because <laughs> yeah, she just, lot. you know, is too doting and loves him too much. Yeah. So how easy would it be for this hyper-intelligent person to just fool these very foolable people? And not even just foolable, but they're gullible and they're naive. 
which has which was exhibited to us, I believe, in the previous section whenever they're at the vicarage inspecting his clothes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I don't think that either of them is lying about anything. I think that they're just at, at that time they weren't volunteering any extra information because they were like, I don't know what's happening. We should be careful what we say. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think that his father lies. Period. Honestly. Yeah. I think he's too serious about, you know, his position as a man of the church. And then the in the way that he responds to the questions at the at the vicarage and the and at the questions on the stands, uh-huh. he almost feels like he can't believe that someone would think that he's lying because why would he ever lie? Dude, I feel like we're going to find out in I feel like we're going to find out something not good about George, like that he used to like, that he killed like a rabbit one time and like was, you know, doing an autopsy on the porch, you know, even though that's not that weird, I guess, even for, for the time, even nowadays, I guess it would be that weird if you saw like a boy looking at the insides of a dead animal, but like, especially so when it was I feel like as hell outside, but like, I feel like we're going to find something that's like, uh, he's creepy. Like I, so you're like, expecting bad writing then, because whether or not you know it, because when, whenever you put together a story that's supposed mm-hmm. to be a mystery and you put the reader into the mind of the person who you're going to make the bad person mm-hmm. and the reveal is that they're a bad person and that they did all this stuff that we didn't tell you until just now because now it's convenient for the sake of story. That's bad writing. I think they're going to leave it like up to our judgment to decide whether or not he's bad but I think they're going to try to hint at him not being bad. Well, I don't think that it's a matter of bad or not. I think it's a matter of did he commit any of these crimes that he's being accused of. Because mm-hmm. he does. Because I don't know that even Arthur is like a great guy. Yeah. He seems full of himself. Oh, he's and not, he's, he's very not selfish in a lot of ways. But no. he's one of the... I mean, there's no heroes in this story. They're just people that are experiencing something that happened, you know, in real life. Hmm. This isn't... Good oh. people fighting the great evil that wants to bring down the kingdom. Taking on the man. These are just people. <laughs> <laughs> that's very That's very fair. I keep turning them into heroes. And they're just human. Yeah. Okay. So I think that that's a perspective that you that I have to kind of remind myself. Like, well, I mean, while they're the people that we're following and you usually, you know, by default, you know, with years and years of taking in media, we're trained to root for the people that we follow. Mm-hmm. Um they don't necessarily one have to be good people. Um, shows like The Sopranos and Breaking Bad, you know, gave us that truth. And then two, this isn't about characters. This is about actual people, and this is an actual event that happened to mm-hmm. those actual people. Yeah. So it's a totally different mind space than you might typically take to a novel. Well, dude. Also, when when they were doing the prosecution, like every time something happened, it was like, here's why that was bad. Because you know, like they brought in this handwriting expert, and they're like. Um, did the prisoner write these letters? And it was like, all but one. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, they, they said that I wrote all of them except for one to show that, like, he really is an expert and he could tell the fake from the rest. You know, like, we but were... But even that statement was just a statement given by George's lawyer just to, like, I don't even know if his lawyer there. said that. I don't even know if they said that. They might have said that. I think that was just an internal thing that George was thinking as it was happening. He's Maybe like, oh. so, yeah. But um, but the, you know, but since we're in his head, mm-hmm. we're obviously like, oh, okay, no, you're right. Yeah. He's just making that up, you know. Right. And so he's also very naive about all of the proceedings. Yeah, and he forgets that he's like, 
a minority and <laughs> he doesn't fully understand what yeah. that like well every now and then he knows that that's a thing mm-hmm. and he brings it up multiple times there's one part where he tells one because he's been meeting with his solicitor for a little while now and then his solicitor says we've got this um barrister the lawyer that speaks at the thing or whatever um and we'll meet with him soon and then they meet and he says and then george tells him also uh, this is how you pronounce my name, and I think that we should tell everybody at court this is how we pronounce my name, just so that it doesn't happen throughout the whole deal. And they're like, "No, we're not going to worry about that <laughs> because it, one, they don't care; two, you'll come off sounding wrong; mm-hmm. and then three, you know, this is sort of us making you more English." And he says, "Making me more English." Well, in that case, if y'all could just pronounce my name wrong all the time, that'd be great so that I can get used to it. So he's very aware of like what his, you know, skin color means to the majority. But then at the same time, he never thinks, or at least whenever he's in his emotions, he, that's not like a, you know, a factor in his mm-hmm. processing. Yeah. I mean, one of the lines they, that I think he was actually talking to his solicitor, he was like, bricks can be, or he's like, bricks can be made with, or they can't be made without straw. And then the he has solic- such an absolute yeah. belief in the law. He's just like, yeah, they can't like convict me. I didn't do anything. Like, and if they have no evidence, they can't get me for anything. So you can't build a, you know. And then yeah, he's like, I've seen. He's like, I've seen them make bricks out of anything. Yeah, <laughs> you know, basically, it's like they make it all out of all kinds mm-hmm. of bullshit. Especially, especially <laughs> the barrister that's going to be handling the case. Evidently, well, there's already straw in bullshit anyway. So it's like easy to make brick. yeah and i thought that line was kind of funny in the book Um, it is a good line man i hate to say it but that's basically all that happens in this whole little section but But, yeah i mean we can talk a little bit more about like the prosecution i thought it was kind of just it's just so crazy how like the the different time is like 1903 i think it said Mm -hmm. 19 yeah right around 1900 it's late 1903 and um it's like they couldn't tell the blood, like the blood stains on the on his jacket, from like stains from dinner table, you know, from like eating. They can just tell that it would be, that it would have been a mammal's blood, and that's it. And they don't have. I, I don't time even know if I trust him on that. Well, <laughs> <You know? laughs> I don't know if I trust him that far. How do you tell a reptile's blood? I don't know. I'm not a scientist. <laughs> Is it I imagine there's. Thing? I mean, he has a microscope and he can look at it. So I would imagine that there are some tendencies that different. Okay, so they had uh, animal kingdoms have. Yeah, it says that he was using microscopes several times. Oh, okay. I just didn't hear that part. So but, how do they not? How can they not tell more about the blood than that? Well, because they don't have like animal. they don't know enough to be able to test the difference and different things like that. It's the so, budding day in 1903 yeah. <laughs> science. They have some they technology. Have they don't have all the technology. I can't cross-reference it in the computer database. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We didn't have DNA. We didn't have reliable DNA tests until like the late 80s. Like a year ago. Yeah. <laughs> 23Me now. Yeah. Now everybody gets them. Yeah. Just spit in a tube. Now everybody's in a database. It's great. Dude, yeah. They get, they're getting our DNA from 23andMe and they're getting facial recognition from Snapchat, dude. The government's getting all of our info and they're just going to make us. They don't even need us for anything. They'll get into our, our stuff because they'll just use our face because we've taken so many photos from Snapchat. Sorry. <laughs> no, dude. I don't know. I, it it was kind of fun for me to go through the courtroom proceeding. If it, it sort of felt like it was it was kind of exciting how it was written. It was super biased how it was written because I definitely don't understand still like 
how they got how they convicted him just on the on the assumption that he's smart enough to trick everybody. Well, the only part of it that's biased is whenever we leave the courtroom and George is talking with his lawyers. Well, I feel like because everything that happens in the courtroom is just a almost uh, you know an exact beat by beat representation of what it is that gets said. Maybe it's a difference in the versions because I feel like I only get a. a I feel like I only get the stuff that makes George seem better, you know, like I only get introspection, introspective thought on stuff that like makes him come out to be uh, more likable and more like innocent or, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. well, they have the full dialogue of all the examination and cross-examination of all the witnesses and all the evidence by both prosecutor and defense. So, I mean, all the information is given like right as now? is. Really? Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm just saying, that's the way that it's written. It, it's given in that fashion, and then we have George's reaction to some things every now and then. Yeah. His internal reaction, and then we have his discussions with his lawyers outside of the courtroom. Mm-hmm. But the proceedings themselves are as unbiased as can be. It's a literal representation of the conversation that happens. Ah, well, dude, I don't know. To me, it just, it felt like everything that, like, we said was gold, everything they said was, was just, like, well, well threaded lies, you know, or, you know, well spun. Well, that's the way you naturally feel whenever you're already rooting for somebody, or you already believe that you're on somebody's side. I don't really like George that much. You know, I kind of don't really want him to, you know, like, I kind of wanted them to say, I don't really like him. I don't know why. They said he was a weirdo. Okay. <laughs> no, you said that he was that you keep trying to make him and Arthur out to be heroes for the story. I know. I want somebody to be a hero. I want there to be like. I felt like this would. I, I don't know. I felt like this was written so that George was gonna. He was supposed to come out as the victor in the courtroom, like we were expecting to win, and then we didn't. At least well, that's I think we're I'd... expecting to win because we know he didn't do it. If he had done it, we would have seen him do it. Movie. Unless this is a poorly written book. <laughs> I guess we'll find out. <laughs> There's definitely a whole lot still to find out. No, but you're right. If it, if it was something that he had done, we would have seen him do it. Or we would have never been introduced to him until this point. Maybe. I don't know. I read this one book that was like... It was two people. And one was like an architect and one was a serial killer. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And they meet at the World Fair in... Uh, Paris, I think. And uh, I don't think I finished the book. Did I finish the book? It was for college. It was really like I was not having fun reading it. But it was just like, um, it was, it was weird. I feel like I just, I, I've been getting a weird vibe like that this whole time. Just like that he's, <laughs> not that he's up to no good. But you knew that the serial killer in that book was a serial killer. You knew in that Even one. Even without having you finished in, the book. You knew from the start so, in that one. Yeah. But, so uh, that's not a betrayal of the reader and therefore not a bad But we never went with him. We never killed anybody with him. We just knew like he was doing stuff. So you're right. No, we it was knew. Given it was never a betrayal of crimes. the character. You're right. You're right. Hmm. No, you're right. I knew, I knew every time. It was like a Jacqueline Hyde kind of situation. It was like flipping from one mentality to the other. I think that was the mm-hmm. appeal of the book is that it was the, it was the two brains, and this is yeah. just, and this is just sort of like two people, not even necessarily that similar. It was just kind of two stories and how they're I feel like yeah, we don't know how they come together yet. They're That's about still, to collide. Yeah, that'll be there's there's something yet to come for sure. Some yeah. something of some nature is yet to come in the story. How it is that George and Arthur come together, what that means. Um, does George get 
exonerated of this crime or does he just not have to go back to jail he just lives out parole for whatever his parole remainder is and then just gets back to life at some point yeah what is it that got because he gets transferred or he just gets taken to london one day without any explanation and then goes to like the courthouse or whatever outtaking it is and they're just like all right you can't leave london if you have plans to leave London anytime soon, you have to let us know. This is what you have to do, blah, blah, blah. You're on parole. Okay, you're free to go. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what happens. So he doesn't have any idea that he's being released until it happens. Until he gets, yeah. So it's not like there was some sort of thing happening leading up to it that even like his father could write him a letter about saying, hey, it worked. We're going to, you know, they've approved your parole. You're going to get out or anything like that. It just fucking happens. Yeah. So there's some catalyst that's beginning or has happened at this point that we don't know about. What is that? How big is it towards the greater story arc? Who's involved it, with that? Would it be weird to think of somebody getting out in three years for a seven-year sentence? Um, I mean, it's possible. certainly possible to, like, you know, the the phrase <laughs> the phrase good behavior exists, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm pretty sure that there would be more forewarning and knowledge on George's part, you know, certainly in that while he was at the second or the third prison, really that he goes to the second one that he spends his sentence at in Portland. Mm -hmm. uh, He, he like kind of says something weird at the beginning, like he always does when he's first meets the chief and at the very least he is then becomes suspicious that he's being targeted for the random searches Mm -hmm. um, because of the sort of, odd comment that he made about not being one to escape. And so if he's already under suspicion, then he's suddenly let out on good behavior without being Mm -hmm. told anything. It just doesn't make any sense from that angle. So I feel like something happened that made somebody make a move and say, okay, we've got to get him out of prison. Okay. Now, obviously we'll be told that hopefully here pretty soon Um, or not. And it just doesn't matter at all. <laughs> it's just some weird thing that happened in 1904 law, in 1904 English law. You know yeah. how familiar are we with that? And then you know it just doesn't matter. It's just a you know another story beat, and what continues to matter later on, we'll find out all that obviously before we finish the book. But. So, so Arthur is he's a doctor, right? It says he's yes. a doctor, like a medical doctor. He's doctor. a medical doctor, but he writes. Yes. It's just a jack of all trades. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So and then uh, and he's written these world class mystery books. So he thinks about death all the time because that you know the only people thinking about death all the time are mystery writers and serial killers. <laughs> For sure, like you know, that's an yeah. old. I think that's a joke from Castle, but <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> but uh, I, I'm, I won't take credit. But um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like they 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 are. So like I assume that's probably how he's relevant like i assume he comes in he's like well we okay so from just knowing about the book mm-hmm. we know how he's relevant he solves a case i feel like for this george case, i guess but we so, yeah i mean maybe it's either this literal case or it's maybe something additional happens the yeah. thing the, the the real thing to find out in my opinion at this point is who it is that's been harassing the adalji family for so long because they're still the mystery and they seem to be the, the person who was doing it in the beginning and the mm-hmm. person who started it again 
uh, whenever the animal slaughterings happened and whenever George published his book, mm-hmm. they are the same person, evidently, because the person who wrote that first letter the second time uh-huh. signed it with one of the same things that he used when he signed the last ones. You know what I just remembered, too? said he was going to escalate it to women. It wasn't just going to be animal slaughters. So mm-hmm. I assume that, like, once he gets out, it's going to start being women that get killed. Like Potentially so, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, you know, now that now that we reanalyze a little bit, because I forgot about those letters. Yeah, the letters, they talked about how it wasn't going to stop, like the, the maulings weren't going to stop, mm-hmm. and how it was going to escalate and go to women, and they're just going to start doing it to girls. So. But that would also be another thing that I think I mentioned last week as well. A, a theory could be that the person who's writing those letters mm-hmm. and you know, trying to frame George for this crime might not be the person doing the crimes. Okay. It might be two completely unrelated people. The person harassing and persecuting George and his family uh, might just have seen that these animals are being killed. This is a perfect opportunity for me to frame him mm-hmm. and get what I've been, you know, trying to do for forever. Yeah. Um, so if that's the case, then he's just some, you know, asshole who doesn't have the guts to actually do any of that stuff. And then the the women thing was just like a thread of acceleration to try and bring everything to a close quicker. Okay. Yeah. And the more quickly the police have to work, the more hurried they are, the more likely they are to just like do something. And they already suspect George as being a bad person Mm -hmm. because they don't like his family and they don't like his attitude. Yeah. They're going to get him. So he was already like marked. And if they have to hurry, they're... uh, would be more likely to just go after the person that they're looking for. Mm-hmm. And then if you just continue to frame that person, then it just falls into place, I guess. Um, or maybe they are an organization that they're the person writing the letters or people writing the letters is directly related to the person doing the animal slaughterings or whatever like that. But maybe they have no interest in actually killing women or anything like that. I mean, well, whatever happens is obviously yet to be revealed. But there's so many possibilities as to how it all actually is working, who the quote-unquote bad person is, and what the mystery of this book actually is. How do you sneak up on a horse like that, dude? The, so the section that we have in there, in the book that you didn't have, mm-hmm. goes into great detail about how the person does it. Uh, okay. He's just somebody that evidently has much skill with animals. The horse initially is like, no, go away, dude. I don't want to, I don't know you. Oh, skittish. Yeah. Yeah. But then he like, he like, is just like muttering in a very calm, level voice, uh, even though it's just nonsense. He does that for like five minutes while just standing there looking at the horse and then moves up a little bit closer, continuing to do so. So he's just like a master of animals. He, you know, probably grew uh, up okay. on a farm or something horse to that spur. nature. Yeah. He knows how to handle animals. So that's not the issue. <laughs> For some reason, he's slaughtering them. Yeah. And if he's if he's unrelated, then it's because he's a crazy person. Who knows? Maybe we never find out why he's slaughtering them. Maybe it doesn't matter. If he is the person writing the letters, then he's definitely... Well, not even definitely. He We can assume that he's either doing it with the purpose of being able to frame George, mm-hmm. or he is a crazy person that wants to slaughter animals. And then at the same time, he's like, I can pin this on this dude that I also hate. Great. How did Dude, how did they ever find anybody back then? I feel like... I don't think that they often did it successfully. <laughs> they, I mean, the the you know the current law system fucks up fairly regularly today, mm-hmm. um, with all the you know capability 
that yeah, is brought with technology. Stuff. So they were definitely messing up, I'm sure, a decent amount back then as well, and even before. And I guess that was the appeal of Sherlock Holmes, is he like put all these deductions together that were like, were like so solid, but like based on just clues, it was like, uh, that was probably like the the grand appeal to like, I guess that was probably like the first romantic romanticizing of homicide. Cause it was probably a really not romantic job <laughs> up at that point. It was probably a lot of failure, a lot of like, a lot of like cold leads, a lot of just, you know, well, there was, I mean, the, there was detectives and, and well, yeah, no, detective stories like, prior to, it's just, I feel like he yeah. was the first serialization of that kind of character and so that's why it okay. became so popular it was also just very good yeah so um just writing on its own was very good in fact did you ever read of the, any of them yeah i've read a few oh, okay sorry in fact what there's a one of the books that george reads while he's in prison is the hound of the baskervilles mm. and he judges it to be excellent it's like exactly <laughs> what it says i think so <laughs> dang i almost feel like i should read one now they're mostly fairly short do you feel like you solve a mystery with him or do you uh the last time i read listen? one i was much younger and, oh, okay. and just kinda... uh, less um experienced yeah in books and the way that stories are structured and told so you just solved it around you yeah i just read it and was just like yeah this is a great ride that i'm on right now cool okay you know? yeah then i'll definitely have to read one of those no i never i never got into them for whatever reason like, I think mm-hmm. I tried once and just never... I don't think they get advertised as being, like, kids' books. Mm-hmm. Are they and, still advertised as, like, top reads or anything? Probably. Oh, okay. What else happened in this court proceeding or in this little section that you feel like is important? I don't think that... So, while he's incarcerated, both during the trials and then afterwards, mm-hmm. a total of two additional animals get slaughtered. So, that may or may not end up being more information maybe the second one being slaughtered in it you know during the six months after this the conviction mm-hmm. maybe that's part of what had his parole i don't know though because then it, he was still in jail for like two years after that so <laughs> yeah um, um, i mean court proceedings move very slowly in today's time so i'm sure that they also moved very slowly back then so even if that was the catalyst i guess it wouldn't be impossible for it to have taken that long to actually have a result but yeah so you know those two additional animal slaughterings may or may not end up being too much they get mentioned so and i don't think there's really anything else i mean aside from i guess if this was a a greater um longer story then this would be a section of us seeing George grow as a person or at least gaining more worldly experience. Mm-hmm. Seemed like he was kind of a loner in jail, like he just kind of went and he stayed in his room and read books, you know? Yeah, it I think he like sort of like emulated his regular life in a way, or as much no, as he could. No, that's fair, yeah, because that's, that's probably what he didn't he have any friends in real life. That's probably what he would have done anyway, yeah. Um, and, and he talks to himself about, or he doesn't talk to himself, he thinks about how if he can just find a a regularity and a stringency in his prison life and then that can help him get through the whole time that he has to be there because if he just thinks about his previous life then that would be much more difficult oh yeah dude you'd have to forget all about that you'd have to start over and be like 
a restart or like you're starting a new game or something like a new character right you'd have to be like all right this is prison prison jordan <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, what am i gonna level up in here i'm gonna start reading about working out <laughs> right but um that's i feel like that's what everyone says they're gonna go get buff in jail you've but, got a lot of time <laughs> to do a whole lot of nothing else well, I guess that's pretty much, I mean, that, that's more or less it. There's yeah. definitely little details about the proceedings that we didn't talk about, but that's not really, you know, like we talked about a little bit last week, the way that this book is structured, it's not really necessary for us to go beat by beat. And ultimately, the goal that I would want to have for the entire podcast would mm-hmm. be that we can just talk freely and not have to follow a structure um, as we become more experienced with how we do these episodes, you know? Yeah. We'll be able to hit the, the different talking points and, and, and highlights that we thought were important, uh, with a more story based, mm-hmm. with a more like timeline, uh, relevant story based kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Depending on the story as well. Yeah. Um, different things lend themselves better to taking it through that sort of purchase, play by play, know, like play, by play th- uh, you know, style. This particular, uh, section of this book would not have if we had gone beat by beat with this we would have just basically been reading the book yeah it would have just been the core proceeding because so, <laughs> <you know>? yeah, <laughs> that's really all that happens and then it's all of George's thinking during his time in prison mm-hmm. um, as well as huge time skips because he you know ends up spending close to three years uh, in prison before getting his discharge but yeah you know and it was to me I thought that they should have said it that way spent almost three years in prison and not like uh george had four years of his sentence left that was the way that i had i had been told how long he was in jail like Mm. before he got released it was like it said that uh he had four months of his sentence left (laughs) yeah sorry four years of his sentence Mm -hmm. left i was like okay you didn't have to say it like that (laughs) you could have said it (laughs) he had spent three yeah i don't know he had I, i felt like it was just weird to say how much he had left rather than like how much he had done well, that's just glass half full. <laughs> I didn't have glass half empty kind of mindset. It's like still have four years, and I was thinking like, dude, you already got through three. You only got four left. You're like halfway there. That's how I was thinking of it. You know, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I just I don't think I like this writer. <laughs> I think I just have a beef with the writer. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. It'll pick up this next section. How much do you want to read? You've been cutting it into like perfect hour increments, basically, for the audiobook. So at this point, we're just going to get through chapter two. Okay. Chapter three it starts with an Arthur and George section. Okay. The sentence, the first half of the sentence is, ever since Sherlock Holmes solved his first case. So okay. if you're doing the audiobook and this happens to be a section that is in the audiobook, that's where you stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me write that down. Ever since Sherlock um, Holmes. The last line of chapter two is it's Arthur reading a letter. It says um, he reads he, he reads the he reads the name of the person that wrote the letter. So that's how the last section of chapter two ends. I bet I know so the Arthur's reading a letter and then in chapter three is an Arthur and George section, uh, the first line of which is talking about Sherlock Holmes. So if if you've got the audio book the abridged version, uh, or even the actual book, the abridged version. Yeah. If, if you get to a point that seems like that, mm-hmm. that's where you stop. If you're reading the actual book, uh, as written, we're reading through chapter two. 
uh, whenever we get to chapter three, we'll stop and that'll be the week after. All right, dude. Yeah, so we're almost there. At least for mine, we're almost done. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how much of this, of your version, or how much of the the original gets cut in your version Mm -hmm. because this is another like 180 pages is chapter three. Yeah. Whereas by your count, we're more than halfway done. I wonder if that's why I'm not liking it. Maybe I need more content. Maybe I just need like more info. Maybe. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe. It's the definite, but that's like the big difference. Possibility. (laughs) Yeah. There is a huge content difference in the abridged and non-abridged versions. I've never Um, really run into that issue either. I've always like gone for unabridged, mm-hmm. and if I've ever run into a bridge, like I guess I've never sat next to somebody reading the unabridged. You know? Right? Yeah. Yes, it's, uh, it's never not been a typical an issue. experience. Yeah. So this is, yeah, this is interesting for sure. Quite a lot's getting left on the cutting cutting block or whatever they say. The cutting room floor. Yeah. Or the chopping block, or the, uh, the, the in, in the editor's room. I'm sure there's a million other ways, <laughs> uh, depending on what uh, discipline you're in. Anyways, uh, we'll. Uh, be reading that section and then we'll uh, be going over all of that next week with y'all yeah I think that after that we'll probably I think that we'll probably including next week we might only have maybe another maybe four episodes more maybe 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 a total of seven episodes maybe just a total of six I don't know just going off of how it's been divided up so far gotcha yeah for me I've got like an hour and a half left of the book to listen to so It'll, I mean, we can stretch it out as long as you need, because I know you've got a lot more to read. So whatever is easier for you guys, because this is more of like a book club. So we'll let y'all. So uh, catch us on Twitter, Instagram, email, all the things that we've been talking about. And we'll see y'all next week. I'm Will Hedrick. I'm Jordan Schaffer. This is Dog Ears and Timestamps. Go Pats.